Oyster farming is quite a uh, manual job. Um, there is uh, planning involved as well, but a lot of the, uh, the work involves manual labour and uh, uh, jumping into uh, cool water in winter. And uh, so we uh, have seasonal benefits where in summertime it's quite nice and very enjoyable out on the water. And in wintertime we're uh, in and out as quick as we can, get a load on board and back to the shed. G'day guys and welcome to Aussie English. My objective here is to teach you guys the English spoken down under. So whether you want to speak like a fair income Aussie, or you just want to understand what the flippin' hell we're on about when we're having a yarn, you've come to the right place. So sit back, grab a cuppa and enjoy Aussie English. Let's get started. No window open today, guys. No window. All right. So, g'day, you mob. I hope you're going well. I hope you're having a good weekend. I hope you are having an amazing week. Welcome to this episode of Aussie English. This is the number one podcast for anyone and everyone wanting to learn Australian English. If you want to support the podcast and if you would like access to the transcripts and the MP3s so that you can read and download all of these episodes on the podcast specifically and consume them on your computer, on your phone, make sure you go to theaussieenglishpodcast.com and just click sign up. It's the cost of one coffee per month. So, consider it buying me a coffee once a month for $4.99 to get access to that. If you are the kind of student, however, who likes to study and wants to get a lot more out of these kinds of episodes and wants to study the vocab in these episodes, the expressions, some of the pronunciation tips in more depth and kind of wants to go through this with a fine tooth comb, I suggest signing up at the Aussie English classroom.com and getting into that classroom and consuming all of the content in there. There are videos for each of these episodes each week and you will get access to all the previous expression episodes too, as well as some other courses in there on pronunciation amongst other things. Anyway, guys, that's the intro. That's enough of that. Welcome to this episode. I hope you like the intro scene there. I'm always trying to add these things in so you get access to other Australian accents, and you also get introduced to things like the ABC Australia's YouTube channel there, which is where that little snippet came from, so that you can find other resources and learn about Australian culture. So, that was from, as I said, the ABC Australia's YouTube channel, a little series called My Australia, where it was following a Chinese girl called Jingjing as she visited an oyster farmer in Port Lincoln on South Australia's Eyre Peninsula. So, I really recommend checking out that entire video, go to the ABC YouTube channel. I will leave a link in the transcript so that you can do so, but it's a great way to watch more of their videos to learn about Australian culture and to practice your listening comprehension for the Aussie English fact. Anyway, let's dive into the Aussie joke for today, guys, and it is a shellfish joke because obviously the expression is related to shellfish. So, the joke is, what did the oyster say to the crab when he took his pearl. What did the oyster say to the crab when he took his pearl? Don't be so shellfish. 
don't be so shellfish. Do you get it? The play on words here, the pun here is with the word selfish and shellfish, right? Don't be so selfish would be the real way of saying that. Don't don't steal something. Don't hold on to it. Don't keep it to yourself. Don't be selfish. And the joke here is that oysters are shellfish and we often call crabs shellfish as well. So, don't be so shellfish. All right. So, today's expression is the world is your oyster. The world is your oyster. I wonder if you guys have heard this expression before. This came from Michael, who is from Poland. He's an awesome guy. He's in our Aussie English Classroom Facebook group, and he's posting videos all the time when he's out and about walking around, so they're always interesting to watch. If you guys want to be a part of that, go to the AussieEnglishClassroom.com and then ask to join the group, and we post videos each week practicing the expressions from these episodes. Anyway, let's define the words in this expression. So, the world. The world is the earth, the planet on which we live together with its countries and its people. So, it's not just the physical rock that is the planet, but it's also every country is part of this world and every person is a part of this world, right? The world. Is, obviously, present tense, uh, third person of to be. He is, she is, it is. Uh, Your, your is the possessive pronoun for you. This is your thing. This is your car, this is your oyster, this is your phone. And an oyster, if you don't know what an oyster is, an oyster is any number of bivalve mollusks with rough, irregular shells. And they're usually eaten raw as a delicacy, but they also might be farmed for pearls, the jewellery that you will get out of them, those small spherical white um, kind of iridescent um, pieces of jewellery made by shellfish. So, let's define the expression, the world is your oyster. The world is your oyster. If someone says to you that the world is your oyster, it's the idea that you are in a position to take all the opportunities that life has to offer. So, you can do anything that you want. You can go anywhere you want. Everything is a possibility for you. The world is your oyster. So, this is, I think, the first expression where it's actually from Shakespeare. So, you guys might know Shakespeare, the famous uh, British writer, playwright, I guess, and he coined this phrase. This phrase is from The Merry Wives of Windsor, where Falstaff says, I will not lend thee a penny to a guy called Pistol, who says, Why then the world's mine oyster, which I with sword will open? And then Falstaff replies, not a penny. So, the idea here is, and it's the English is kind of screwed up. You know, this isn't how we would speak uh, today, at least. So, the original implication of this phrase that Pistol is saying, why then the world's mine oyster, which I with sword will open. It's uh, referring to using violent means, i.e. using a sword to steal his fortune i.e. the pearl that one finds in an oyster. So, we inherit this phrase absent, though, of its original violent connotation to mean that the world is yours or ours to enjoy, okay? You can get everything out of it. So, let's go through some examples of how I would use this expression in real day-to-day sort of situations, okay? So, example number one, 
Imagine that you are a student in your final year of school. So, you're in high school in Australia, you are in year 12, you've just completed all your exams, you've passed your exams with flying colours, so you've done incredibly well in these exams. Um, When you get your marks back, your enter score, which is what we used to refer to as the final score you got at the end of high school so that you could enter into university, when you get your marks back, your enter score is as high as it could possibly be. So, you've done as good as you could have possibly done. And it will allow you to enter any university in Australia, do any kind of course that you would like, whether it's medicine, science, arts, economics, law, engineering, you have your pick of the litter and you can choose anything you desire. So, as a result, when your parents find this out, they might be as proud as punch, incredibly proud, and they might say, well done, the world is now your oyster. You can choose anything you want. You can go anywhere you want. The world is your oyster. Number two, imagine now you are that same student, okay, and you have entered university and you are studying science. But imagine you're from a non-English speaking country, right? You're from Brazil, from China, from India, from Nepal, from somewhere in Africa, you know, Zimbabwe maybe. And besides studying science, you're also working your butt off. You're working incredibly hard to learn to speak English at a fluent and proficient level. So, you're a very studious and diligent person who's always studying science all day at university only to get home in the afternoon and start studying English. And the reason you're studying English is because you want to have as many options as possible for your future career, right? You want to be a world-renowned scientist one day and Unfortunately, for non-English speakers, it requires that you learn English, right? So, that you can take part in the English-speaking world of science. So, you know if you work hard and finish your science degree and you have the ability to speak English fluently and at a very proficient level, the world will be your oyster. You'll be able to travel anywhere. You'll be able to work overseas in any country, English speaking or not, because you can use English there. And you'll be able to apply to any jobs and positions in countries where English fluency is a prerequisite. The world is going to be your oyster. Example number three, imagine that you are a race car driver, a real hoon, a real uh, rev head. You know, you've always grown up loving cars and driving fast and it's led you down the road to be a race car driver. So, as a kid, you battled your way up. Maybe you were driving go-karts and then suddenly you got into more powerful cars like V8 cars on the Bathurst circuit. But your ultimate goal has been to get good enough to get enough experience under your belt to get enough street cred, to get enough street credentials uh, or credibility in order to race in Formula One, in the F1. So, you have one final race where if you win this race, you're going to be able to then race in Formula One. You end up winning it by a milestone, by a landslide. You absolutely dominate and you fulfill your dreams and can now race in the Formula One. So, the world is now your oyster. You can do anything you want to do. The world's your oyster. All right. So, I hope you understand the expression now, guys. The world's your oyster. It means that you are in a position to take every opportunity that life has to offer. You can do anything, go anywhere. Every possibility in the world is yours. So, as usual, let's go through a listen and repeat exercise, guys. And then we will jump into the Aussie English fact where I'm going to talk about oysters and some of the 
economics of oysters in Australia and some interesting biological facts as well. So, the listen repeat exercise first. Listen and repeat after me, guys. If you want to practice your Australian accent, then pay attention to the details of how I pronounce these things. And if you are just interested in your English accent, whether it's British, American, Singaporean, could be from anywhere else, you don't want an Aussie English accent, then just use your normal accent. Okay, guys, let's go. The. The world. The world is. The world is your. The world is your oyster. The world is your oyster. The world is your oyster. The world's your oyster. The world's your oyster. Good job. So, now I'm going to say it using the phrases, I said the world was my oyster, you said the world was your oyster, okay? So, it's sort of like reported speech, but we're going to use it in the simple past tense, okay? So, listen and repeat after me and practice conjugating the verbs to say and to be in the past tense. Let's go. I said the world was my oyster. You said the world was your oyster. He said the world was his oyster. She said the world was her oyster. We said... The world was our oyster. They said the world was their oyster. It said the world was its oyster. Good job, guys. If you want access to the video that will be breaking down today's pronunciation exercise and going into more depth about connected speech, pronunciation, intonation, all of that kind of stuff, make sure you jump into the Aussie English classroom, guys. Sign up. Remember, it's just $1 for your first month, guys. You will have 30 days to give it a try before you have to pay the full fee. You've got nothing to lose. Give it a go and start upgrading your English. Anyway. Australian fact, the Aussie English fact for today. We're going to talk all about oysters and I'm going to be a little shellfish and talk all by myself for five minutes, okay, about what I want to talk about. I'm being shellfish. Get it? (laughs) All right. So, facts about oysters and the oyster farming industry in Australia. So, oysters are a type of mollusk, as we said at the start there, guys, and it is a fancy way of saying a snail, right? A snail. Except these mollusks are from a group known as bivalves, which means two shells. So, anytime you find things like, um, I don't know, what are they? Clams and um, scallops, I guess. It's hard for me to think of different kinds of mollusks. Those are all bivalves where you've got two sides to their shell. 
So oysters can range in size from a few centimeters to a foot across, so 30 centimeters across, and they can live for many decades, sometimes up to 40 years, right? That's older than me, mind-blowing. Oysters live in marine and brackish water habitats, so the ocean, uh, estuaries, rock pools, that sort of stuff, salty water, but not in freshwater streams, rivers, and lakes, etc. There are three species commonly eaten in Australia. So, oysters are a common food here in Australia. The Sydney rock oyster, the Pacific oyster, and the flat oyster. The Pacific oyster is commonly eaten worldwide. However, the Sydney rock oyster is an endemic Australian species. It's only found here in Australia and has an annual production of 70 million oysters. That's like three oysters for every person in Australia. And that rakes in about $35 million every year. Pretty pennies. That's a lot of money. So, oyster farming is one of, if not the oldest and most valuable aquaculture industries in Australia, and it has been contributing to the economy for over 140 years. Besides being part of the food industry, though, oysters are also a big part of the jewellery industry, or more specifically, the pearling industry. The pearling industry has also been around for over a hundred years since the late 1800s when pearlers first established themselves in Broome, which is on the northwestern coast of Western Australia in the Kimberley region. So, by the year 1910, Broome was the largest pearling centre in the world, benefiting from newly introduced diving suits as well as its fertile waters and the booming international pearl button market of the time. The pearls extracted from Western Australian oysters are some of the largest and most lustrous found in the world. And in recent years, a single Australian pearl fetched a price of $1.5 million when it was sold. That's ridiculous. That's like a house or two. <laughs> Jesus. Aside from the pearls, the shells of oysters known as mother of pearl, as well as their meat, is also highly valued and traded around the world. It's nice to hear how humans can exploit oysters and make money by feeding them to people or beautifying the rich with their shells and pearls. But what about the environment? What do oysters do for the environment? So, oyster shells provide important habitat and substrate for other marine dwelling organisms as their shells are uneven and when they grow, they tend to grow together on rocks. And they provide numerous nooks and crannies for other animals such as worms and snails, sea squirts, sponges, small crabs and fishes, all to hide amongst these shells and they can more easily evade predators thanks to these friendly oyster neighbours. Oysters are also filter feeders. That is, that they feed by filtering the water of things including microscopic plankton, uh, suspended particles in the water, and even bacteria. And they can filter four to five litres per hour, which on a daily basis is the equivalent of 52 litre Coke bottles. Whoa, that's a lot. 100 litres a day. As a result, they keep waters incredibly pristine clean. And other organisms like seagrasses and seaweeds and coral can thus more easily absorb light and grow healthily, you know, to keep these sort of environments really, really healthy. The last cool fact about oysters is that they can change their gender. They can change their sex. All oysters start out as males and they spawn, that is, they release sperm into the water in their early life. 
However, at around two to three years of age, they've grown to a big enough size and they have developed sufficient energy stores that they can now produce eggs and release eggs when they spawn, you know, as females. Because obviously, it requires a lot more energy to create one egg than it does to create one sperm. So, let me know, guys, have you ever eaten an oyster? And are you the proud owner of some real pearls? Fun fact about me, I do not own any pearls, unfortunately, and I have never eaten an oyster. I've seen them many times, but to be honest, they kind of freak me out and I am yet to ever eat one. So, with that, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you got a lot out of it. I hope you have an amazing weekend and I'll see you next time. All the best, guys. G'day mate, thanks for listening to this episode of the Aussie English Podcast. If you wish to support the podcast and help me keep bringing you content, you can do so via my Patreon page. Remember, it's my mission here at Aussie English not only to help you understand Australian English, but to speak it like a native. If that's your goal, make sure you enroll in the Aussie English Classroom, guys, where you'll get all the bonus content for today's episode designed to improve your English even faster. Have a ripper of a day and I'll see you in class.